Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Borgay and Saul Bookman. Guys, the question of the day comes from the chat. So Riss said, you have to give up one of these forever. Which would you choose, chocolate or cheese? We know what Saul's is going to be. <laughs> yeah, Saul's is easy. Cheese! Because Saul is oh. out of his mind. Actually, I hate chocolate too. This is actually Oh my God! What, what is chocolate? wrong with you? So, so as a migraine sufferer, chocolate gives me headaches. So okay. fuck chocolate. I'd rather, I think I'd rather stick with cheese because it doesn't give me headaches. Okay. If it didn't give you headaches, though, do you, do you enjoy chocolate though? Like if it didn't give you headaches, do you still like chocolate? Or are you like, eh? Uh, I mean, really, I only like chocolate because it's coupled with other things. Chocolate by itself, meh. This is tough. Cause then chocolate is very mid. Well, I'm not going there, but like if you give up cheese, no more pizza, no more quesadillas. We are off like, to a terrible start. This is tough. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, so angry at you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with what's chocolate. new? What's new? <laughs> I'm gonna go with chocolate. I'd have to give chocolate up. I I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a surprise, Lindsay. I refuse to give up either. If I have to live in a world where I have to pick between the two, I am a head out. Call me SpongeBob. I'm not doing it. I refuse. Her answer is to continue to walk on the top of the fence, yes. <laughs> not just yes. walk, but prance along it. <laughs> I mean, just never answering these no. questions that she proposes to us. I don't even get it <laughs> because I'm asking you the question. That's oh, why. Yeah. <laughs> Always fighting against the system for no reason. <laughs> All right, guys. So it's official. The Golden State Warriors are the 2022 NBA champions. How do we feel about the Suns now that the Warriors have won the title? Go ahead, I feel, I, I feel disappointed. Not because, and I'm not trying to take away from what the Warriors did because they were a great story this season and, Steph Curry, I think we can all agree this was probably their hardest championship to win in terms of, you know, Dre and Clay both being past their primes a little bit, a lot of unproven guys, and, you know, good for them. But at the same time, like, I'm still resentful that we were deprived of the Western Conference Finals matchup that I think everybody was anticipating, was looking forward to, 
Like for most of the year, it was Suns and Warriors atop the standings. And basically the conference finals felt like they would be the finals. Like whoever would win that would probably win the title. That's what wound up happening. And it's just disappointing that we didn't get to see the Suns at their best against the Warriors at their best. And I think if the Suns that we saw in the playoffs played this Warriors team the way that the Suns were playing, yeah, they're probably losing in five or six games. But like, it's just disappointing. We never got to see that matchup. And because the Warriors are champions, no one is going to do with them what they did with the Suns during their playoff run last year. Like, oh, they played all these injured teams or they didn't play this team on the way to the finals. Like, they didn't have to play the Suns because the Suns completely fell apart. And it's just disappointing. We never got to see it. Yeah. I saw some of that chatter on, on social last night. And I was like, you know what good teams do? They take advantage of opportunities that are in front of them. And that's what the mm-hmm. Warriors did. The Suns mm-hmm. came close to doing that last year. Had the Suns right. won a championship. You think I gave it, you would give a shit uh, how many all-stars they played on their way to a title? No, mm-hmm. not even a little bit. A title's mm-hmm. a title. Doesn't matter how you get it. You just got to get it. And, uh, you know, it, I'm, I, I, I echo your sentiments, Gerald. Like, I am extremely – it makes me more disappointed because, you know, you think back to that December 25th game, that Christmas Day game, and the Warriors and the Suns played each other, and there was a lot of excitement, and you're thinking, man, I got to see this in a seven-game series to see how this really plays out. Because mm-hmm. for the longest time, especially in the last decade since the Suns, you know, before last year – the Suns were terrible, and the the Warriors were on the rise. And it basically all started with that draft day, Steph Curry to the Warriors thing, and, and the Suns coming close to getting him, and, and thinking about what if, what if, what if Steph Curry was a Phoenix Sun? What, what, that, what would that have looked like down the road? But uh, yet again, another draft day where we missed the mark on yeah. something, and uh, we get the lesser of, uh, of, of the deal, and I, I, I watching the Warriors last night. I sat there and I thought, man, the Suns really fucked this all up. They really just screwed the pooch so so hard this year. And I know some of it was out of their control with COVID and whatnot, but just the entire team just let down. When and then you watch the 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 Warriors and it's like the entire team stepped up. You know, they were down two one in the series and and it looked kind of bleak for them for a second. And then they were able to put it together because they're a championship level team. And, and win it. But I will say this. There is one minor bright side to this. And it's a, it's a big leap. I, 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 I will say that. But if there's ever a silver lining in this, it is that Kevin Durant is, pro- is getting so much flack right now about mm-hmm. the fact that he left the Warriors and they still won another championship. And that's their second championship out of the four without him, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Kevin Durant's like, I need to win one without them. Mm-hmm. Where could I possibly go to do that? <laughs> I like where your head's at. I'm not I mean, hello. <laughs> like, you're talking about a franchise that has never won, uh, a team full of unproven championship uh, winners, right? Um, they've come close, but they couldn't get over the hump. Kevin Durant could be the face of that entire turnaround to a championship title and completely destroy all the other narratives – because you can't say that if Kevin Durant came here, that he came here with a superstar loaded team. Because Chris Paul's kind of on the decline. He's almost on his way out. Devin Booker's Devin Booker. And then everybody else is kind of suspect. You don't know what you're going to get. Kevin Durant could be the narrative that changes the entire thing. 
So I know everybody was like, oh, great. Saul's going to give us some bad things today again. <laughs> There's your positivity right there. Kevin Durant, come home to us. I'm not mad at this idea, Saul. I'm I'm 100% on board here. Um, I do think that it stings a little bit, too, because when you look at the Warriors, like a lot of it is homegrown, right? And you look at the Suns and you're like, we had the potential to do that. Mm-hmm. Please don't go around screwing things up because somebody got into a, a, an argument. Like, let's try and really mend these bridges. Let's try and really continue to invest in these young guys and develop them. And hopefully, hopefully we can have what the Warriors have at some point in time down the line. And I'm not saying every single thing on their team is homegrown. Of course, that's not that's not really realistic, but they do have a lot of that. And I feel like we are, we are also looking like we're outside of the, the house looking in, but we're like right there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're, on the, they're on the doorstep. They've got young talent. And that's why like, if there are irreconcilable differences and Monty and James Jones and everybody wants to move a different direction and DA wants to move a direction, that'd be one thing. But so far, all we have to go off of is like one sideline spat, and the thing that we've been talking about all season, as far as what he wants his role to be versus what the Suns feel his role is best as. So, like, man, it, it'd be a bummer if watching this Warriors team stick with it through a couple of tough seasons, wait for everyone to get healthy, develop some of the younger players. It'd be tough to watch the Suns kind of dismantle that if they don't have a move that, you know, keeps your championship window open right now. And like we've talked about, that's hard to do with most DeAndre Ayton signing trades. Listen, I think I think we've proven there's been some spots in Suns history where we've kind of microwaved to a championship, you know, did Barkley, mm-hmm. CP3 in the fold, those things. But those are very rare. They're mm-hmm. very rare. Like and you got you have to be able to find a way to sit there and think, okay, we have pieces that we can develop and move forward. We have to be patient. There, there's a level of patience that you need here. And Monty's always saying, oh, everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. This mm-hmm. is hard. And relationships are hard. And you have to be able to find a way to work through it. And mm-hmm. that, that's why I've been on board. Like, I think after the season was over, I was like, there was a part of me that was like, all right, let's, let's trade Mikhail. Let's trade Cam. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with DA. Like, let's just blow the whole thing up. But the more and more I sit here and think about it, I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to be able to see what is really the deal with this team. And for, what, a year and three quarters, you had the best team in basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I, I refuse to believe that that was just a farce. Like, I, I just – you have to trust it at some point. And I know it's not ideal to have these guys, you know, disgruntled or whatever or see the thing blow up the way it did, but – Oh, man, just be patient. Stick with this team and see where it can go. Give it another two, three, four years, like honestly. And mm-hmm. then and then add some pieces and hopefully it works out. But, oh, man, I'm not on board with blowing it up. I really am. And if you – and listen, if you trade DA, whether you like him or not, and I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, get rid of him, you're basically saying, okay, we're, we're kind of starting over from scratch a little bit because we don't have a, a, a key piece to get us to a title. I, in my opinion, so I think they have they have eighty percent of it, but we as we see, you know, like you need every in the playoffs, you get exposed for every little weakness, and the Suns got exposed, and and if you lose another piece of that, there's a lot more holes in the boat to fill 
then I think you're ready for. So we have a couple comments that I want to address. First off, Jordan said, Saul didn't depress me? Hell yeah. Happy Friday, baby. (laughs) I love that one. Had to bring it up. Um, And then uh, before we move on to Logan's for next year, I do want to mention Manny's. Manny said, somewhere in the multiverse, the Suns won the chip last year. And this year, there's a championship PHNX podcast happening right now. That don't mean ish for us here, but it's still a happy thought. Love that. And then we had Reagan say, let me find it. Hold on. Reagan said, no one should ever fix their lips to say Tatum is better than Book. That is one thing that I do. I don't, I don't have like a huge, I don't know. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. I just feel like it would be great if we could just stop comparing the two. <laughs> like both things can be true at the same time. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I've, every time it pops up on my timeline, I'm just like, listen, I don't do this. the Boston fans could say the same damn thing. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, oh, D- Jason Tatum disappeared in the finals. Well, he didn't disappear in the second round. You know, like it, it, they're both good players. They're mm-hmm. both really, really, really good players. And they're both right there on the, on, on the cusp of being great players, like, like top 75 top, top kind of players, you know, and there's a learning curve here. Like you have to go through the wars in, to, to understand how to really get into a battle. Like, and, and that's kind of part of this evolution of not only Jason Tatum, but Devin Booker. But like, I, I'm not down with that, that stuff about, Oh, who's better. Like we heard that shit with, uh, with Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Like, they can both coexist and both be good in their own right. We don't have to keep ranking players. The only thing we need to rank is, is that as long as we all understand Michael Jordan's the GOAT. That's it. After that, right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I don't understand this inclination to look at exciting young talent in the league like Book, like Jason Tatum, and use their failures against them yeah. all the time to, like, diminish what they've done. Like, Jason Tatum leading this team to the finals, which is what he did, like we can't forget, he dropped what was it, forty six against the Bucks in in a must win game. Like yeah. he was really good during this playoff run. I will say that like what Book did in his first finals, I think flies under the radar. He you, you know he had a pair of really bad games in that six game series that really cost the Suns. But he also still averaged like twenty eight points a game on forty five percent shooting. Game five was on That's, another level. Right. Like he was really good in that series. Jason Tatum shot like 37% in this series. But again, what we don't have to compare these guys. We can appreciate young talent and still acknowledge that, yes, like part of this struggle, part of the journey to being a champion in this league is losing in the playoffs, is enduring that and growing from it and improving your game because of it. Like all the greats, almost all of them have had to go through similar struggles lose in the playoffs, lose in the finals even before they get to the top of the mountain. It's just part of it. And then the next comment I want to answer is Logan in the chat said, where will the Suns be next year? All the teams in the West are getting better. And I don't see this current Suns roster getting past the first round. I would say, I would say first and foremost, let's wait and see what happens throughout this off season before we jump to any crazy conclusions. But I do understand what you're saying as far as, it's probably going to be tougher from here on out for the Suns in a, a couple different areas, but that doesn't diminish what they've done the last two seasons. I refuse to believe, Gerald, you brought this up earlier. I refuse to believe that the Suns just 
dumb lucked their way and took advantage of injuries to the team that they had these last two seasons. I refuse to believe that. However, on the same token, it is going to be harder for them moving forward to win a championship in certain capacities. I don't, I don't really agree with that, to be honest with you. Like, because you have so many young pieces right now still. Like, I think people forget Mikhail, Cam, and DA are young. They're mm-hmm. under, what, 25? I think uh, Cam's the oldest one at 26, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else is underneath that. Like, you still have a young core. Uh-oh, did we lose Saul? I think so. Oh, <laughs> no. Are we here? Oh, there he is. All right, thank Sorry. you. No, oh, that was weird. Uh, so anyway, this, this is your young core, you know, and that's how the Warriors built it. And I know the Warriors won the championship this year. Cool. But they're, they're older. Like see Steph Curry is three years under CP three right now. Like he's 34 years old. He's only getting older. And I think you can start to see the signs. Clay fell off a little bit. Not the same clay as we, we saw three years ago. Uh, Steph had a phenomenal performance. I, it's hard for me to imagine that it's only going to get better for him. It's either going to stay the same or he's going to start his decline as well. You know, Draymond is Draymond. He's a liability in some in some aspects, but a great team player and a great defensive player in his own right. Like, But they built the youth underneath them as well, Jordan Poole and stuff like that. The Suns have the same thing going on too. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I know it's not maybe the splashy stuff that you see with the Warriors, but they have the pieces. You just have to be patient. I know Kawhi is coming back, and, and Kawhi and the Clippers changes the dynamic in the West a, a little bit. Jamal Murray is coming back for the Denver Nuggets. That might change the dynamic a little bit there as well. So the, the West does inherently get a little tougher, but I don't think that the Suns are getting worse. The only way they get worse is if they lose DA. If they lose DA, then they get worse, and it really depends on who they get coming back. Outside of that, they have the youth to be able to sustain this run, and they just got past the first round. And they had a horrible second-round series. And they did it with half the games in the first round being without their superstar. Like, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Right. They're, I'm not worried about, like, first-round exit for this team unless, like, Chris Paul significantly regresses. Or, like you said, they, tra- they trade DA and don't get a good return for him. Like, I, I understand the Clippers thing, and I think right now I would put either them or the Warriors as the favorites in the West. But, like... Kawhi is coming off an injury. Paul George dealt with injuries off and on this season as well. And then you look at the Nuggets, like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are both coming off significant injuries. Michael Porter Jr. has recurring back problems. Like, those, the Nuggets don't scare me compared to the Clippers or the Warriors. I think those are the two teams. I think the Grizzlies are young, so they naturally get better. But I think, like you said, Saul, the Suns are young too. Like, Devin Booker is still only 25 years old. He's going to keep getting better too. And he's already, as we've talked about, a star or a superstar, depending on how you view him. So like this team is going to get better and they have the means to improve the roster over the summer. I I just think it's wide open is what I think. I think this whole season we've seen a handful of teams that we've considered title contenders throughout the year. I think the Suns were at the top of that list all season long. And I don't think we should forget that heading into next season, because even if these guys are coming back, they're going to have to work their way through rust. They're going to have to work their way back into shape and they're going to have to prove that they can still stay healthy for a whole season, which for a lot of these guys has been an issue for most of their careers. So I I don't think the window is closed or anything like that. 
I think that they have to have a strong summer to capitalize on it, though. Bring back that that comment real quick, that anime for life comment right there, talking about DeAndre Aiden. It says, DeAndre Aiden and Booker can't win us a title together. These teams with players like Luka and Ja and new rookie, rookies coming, Chet and Paolo, will always stop us in the future. That is such a big leap. First of all, uh, when you're talking about Luka and Ja, neither one of those guys has a strong number two either. Like, they have good teams, but they don't have a strong number two. Like, they – listen – Luca played very, 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 very good, right? Okay, cool. We expect that. The rest of his teammates are the ones that stepped up, okay? We stepped down. That doesn't – we, but we saw the opposite last year, so I don't know how you can make that leap that, oh, okay, well, we're fucked forever. Like, that, that's, that's not the right thing. And who the hell knows how Chet Holmgren and Paolo Benchero are going to work out in the league? We've seen plenty of busts uh, in the NBA – Shit, remember when the Sacramento Kings picked Marvin Bagley? Oh, I'm sure that was a surefire number two pick. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, you don't know. You don't know. So you just got to stay the course, continue. You That's why you hire guys like Monty. That's why you hire guys like James Jones. You got to stick the course. You got to get through it. There's no one, uh, you know, one answer solves all the problems type deal here. It's never like that in the NBA. Things change on a year-to-year basis, movement, all these type of players that you don't know what to expect, you have to trust your own system. And I think the Suns are right there. They're right there. You got to trust in what you saw this year. You really do. And I know all these other players, these teams are adding other pieces by way of uh, health, but I don't see how the Suns won't also try to improve their team. It's not like they're just going to be like, okay, we're going to say – with the same 12 players and run it back. They're not going to do that. They're going to add. They have to. And they know that. And it's natural to have whiplash when you go from being the most dominant team in the league, winning 64 games, all that, to losing in the second round in the horrible fashion that they did. But the key is to not overreact because when NBA teams overreact, they tend to make bad decisions. And so that's going to be James Jones's assignment for the summer is take a step back, take the emotion out of it, and make the best logical decisions for the team. And as we've talked about, I think all of us feel that that is keeping this group together, tinkering on the margins, improving the bench, making sure you have a reliable seven to eight man playoff rotation. And then you go from there. And I, I I understand the fan impulse right now is to overreact, but that's why we're not in charge of the team. Thankfully. I think the biggest question is, do you have faith that they're not going to overreact? How much are you reading into these rumors that are circulating around DeAndre? And that's the, that's the, that's the piece of the puzzle that is so unclear right now. And we all have our thoughts and opinions of what they should do, but who's to say what they're actually going to do. I, I don't know if I've ever seen James Jones overreact. That's, that's the, that's the only thing I'm really like. So would you know what I'm saying is if he trades DA, would you consider that an overreaction? Depends on the reasoning behind it. I don't yeah. think it would be for the reasons that people keep throwing out there. Like I, I keep hearing that it's because, you know, they had a, a sideline argument or because they're choosing Chris Paul over DA or all these other reasons that just don't make sense to me. If they're doing it, it's because there are foundational issues as far as those relationships. And it's not just Monty and DA. It's DA and Book. It's DA and CP3. It's DA and James Jones. It's not wanting to pay a guy $30 million a year if you don't believe he's worth that kind of money. It's, That's where I feel like that would be a, a trade avenue. 
it's it's truly a matter of they to their core they don't believe DeAndre Aiden will be able to give them exactly what they need to get to a title and so they'd like to speed up the process in another direction to try and make that happen that's that would be at the core of this because you don't trade somebody like that unless you truly believe that they're not a value to you anymore like you you don't like these guys don't grow on trees regardless of what people think on the internet like they just don't and so I, I, I don't – I think everything is going to be fine. I, I think James Jones won't be rash. It, listen, if he was going to be spontaneous and make a quick decision and try to make a trade, he would have done that damn near the last two trade deadlines. But he made small moves because he believed in the core of this team. Uh, and, and so – and Eric Gordon apparently was there for the taking, and he, and he didn't bite. So and, – and, and he didn't bite because he, he thought about the fact that he has assets – that he feels like he can utilize down the road to his advantage to put them in a better position to win a championship. And so it might not have worked this year, but hell, even at the trade deadline when nothing happened, we were still like, but they're still good enough to win a championship. Right. Uh, nobody to nobody across Twitter, nobody across social media can possibly tell you that they didn't think that the Suns didn't have enough to win a championship this year. They didn't. Nobody did. Everybody thought this has got to be the year. So Mm -hmm. James Jones knows that too. And James Jones, listen, he's won a lot of championships. He's seen teams be built. He's, he was there part of that Miami team when they put that trio together and they completely fell on their face in a six game series of all teams against the Mavericks. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen this before, but they stayed the course. They made a couple shrewd moves, Ray Allen the next year, and they got themselves a title. The Suns are on the same track. You just got to have the faith. Okay, so we have a couple super chats uh, from Icon. Thank you, Icon, for your super chats. Uh, the first one he sent was paying to apologize to Lindsay for making her upset the other day. Sorry if I came off as an a-hole. Appreciate that, Icon. All is forgiven. We are, uh, we're good. We're good. And then the second one was keep DA, switch to Nader's number, unlimited shots. <laughs> <laughs> unlimited shots, unlimited opportunities to That's play, it, baby. That's <laughs> right. Freaking go! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Any final thoughts on kind of just this topic? I mean, we did have a a question for the panel that just basically asked, like, what do we need to get to a championship? Are we missing yeah. a piece? Is it a mental barrier? What do you guys think? Maybe this will round out our combo. That's just a. That's just a. There's so many moves, and we we and we have talked about it at length the last two to three weeks, you know, about some of the things that, you know, are rumored to be out there and what kind of positioning I, a backup point guard. Number one, I think is the biggest thing, the biggest need right now. And if you keep DA having a solid, probably a number, uh, you know, a power forward um, that can extend the floor that can shoot from the perimeter. Um, and that can, that is athletic enough to be able to guard some of the versatility that you're going to need to guard. We saw what the Warriors did. We even the Celtics with Al Horford. He was good enough to be able to guard guys even at his old age um, until they put Steph Curry and ISO against them. Then he was toast. Uh, but outside of that, nobody can really guard Steph Curry on the perimeter. So I think there's just a few little moves that and tweaks that they can make to this roster and they're going to be fine. But it's not a complete overhaul, regardless of what people think. You won 64 games, for crying out loud. And I know I'm not on board with the whole regular season champs thing, but, you know, this team was what it was. And and, and I also take a lot from the previous year and the championship run that they, they, they tried to make as well. Like, you got to put those two things together because it's the, basically the same core. So a few tweaks, you're going to be fine. 
Yeah, I, I think adding more ball handlers, especially a backup that can spot start for Chris Paul a couple of times during the regular season, spare his legs for the playoff run, that's huge. Maybe getting another small ball center or a, a versatile big who can back up DA if you're not sure Dario Saric is ready to come back or if you're not sure he's that guy. But just more ball handlers in general because you watch the Celtics and the Warriors. They have multiple guys that can put the ball on the floor and get to different spots on the floor. The Suns had flashes of that with Mikhail, with Cam. Yeah, they got they got spot shooters. But I think this is something Monty mentioned during the regular season comparing the Suns to the Warriors. He said they have a lot of off-the-dribble shooters, guys who can pull up off the dribble. We don't really have that. We have more spot shooters. And I think that's something that if you add a guy like that, that's huge, not only for spelling Chris Paul, but for making your offense more versatile when it's time to just go out and get a bucket. All right, we got another super chat, this time from Manny. Manny said, Lindsay, like the mafia, pay or she kill you, LOL. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get the super chat. <laughs> I'm only teasing. All right, now you guys might be questioning and asking yourselves, well, since the NBA season is over, what on earth am I going to gamble on over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app? But what? you shouldn't be asking yourself that question because we've got plenty of things for you. <laughs> and Saul and the DraftKings Sportsbook app are here to school you on it. Absolutely. But before we even get to those, I do want to say uh, the WNBA is still going on. Uh, they haven't left. And I would absolutely bet the shit out of some WNBA games because the Merc are on fire. Uh, but outside of that, if you want to go NBA related, uh, the first uh -oh. DeAndre Ayton. Am I gone again? Yeah, okay, you now are, you're back. Now you're back. Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> Pay your um, internet bill, Saul. <laughs> dude, my phone's fine. It's like, uh, anyway. Um, anyway, we got DeAndre Aiden in the house. Uh, futures bets on where he could possibly land. So we have uh, the Suns at 350, Detroit Pistons at uh, plus 380. The Suns do have the best odds on the DK Sports app, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, Spurs 475, Pacers 475, et cetera, et cetera. You can see for yourself. Um, it's on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Check it out. Uh, but if that's not your flavor, we also have some uh, delicious other, uh, you know, trade or uh, I'm sorry, odds. Go ahead and post them, Shane. Uh, who is the favorite to win the championship next year? Uh, right now, Clippers and Warriors and the Celtics and the Nets are all tied at a plus 600, followed by the Bucks and the Suns at plus 900, Bucks at plus 750. I kind of like those odds. I, I like the Suns' chances again next year. I know we're all feeling depression, but it's going to be all right. It's going to be all those, right. Those Suns' odds, I have to imagine, are taking into account the uncertainty with DA's situation because how the Nets are that high, I have no idea. <laughs> like that yeah, the, the, net, the Nets being on there is kind of a tragedy. I don't understand that either, especially if they don't, um, you know, if, if, you know, the whole stuff with Kyrie and stuff. I, I don't Right. Like I don't know. No, I'd stay away from that one for sure. Yeah, for sure. I've been on the mess this year. Did you? Same. I mean, before heading into the year, they had James Harden still. They had Kyrie and they had KD, and then the whole vaccination thing, and then James Harden forced his way out. So it's it wasn't bad last year. This year, I'm like, no, nah, I'm staying the hell away from that. So if you guys want to get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. And even though the NBA Finals are over, we got the Stanley Cup Finals happening. So if you sign up using the promo code PHNX, new customers can bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what. 
That's code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Finals. Must be 21 or older, Arizona only. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, Mm. there's drama in paradise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is so sad. So apparently there are rumors out there according to the internet that Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner have split up and and it gets even worse the added rumor on the street is that Booker gave Tristan Thompson a black eye at a birthday party that they all attended like I said or better (laughs) (laughs) I mean Tristan Thompson is a pariah He's he's a turd that's for sure we, we um, don't condone violence on this show, but yeah, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we don't also condone a little, violence. A little stinker. <laughs> <laughs> a little <Okay>. stinker. <laughs> so <Tell them>. you, <laughs> <laughs> I know we went, we already went over this earlier this week. People might be like, where's the proof? Where's the proof? I need the proof. Well, here's your proof, okay? Book and Kendall both scrubbed their Instagrams of each other. Apparently, there's claims that Devin unliked some of Kendall's tweets. Mm-hmm. And there's also a claim that Devin's brother unfollowed Kendall on Instagram. So shit's getting real, you guys. And and after we all thought we were going to be on Baby Book Watch, too. What a disappointment. Yeah. Remember how everybody thought, oh, are they actually secretly married, too? Like, they got yeah. married in the mountains over, over Christmas break or New Year's or something like that. And, and then that's obviously not true. And it's just really sad. I mean, again... The Kardashian curse is a real thing. Like, it's a real, real thing. I mean. But the picture of Tristan Thompson and that black eye. <sighs> chef's kiss, baby. Just, chef's kiss. I hate talking about this type of shit. man. <laughs> I miss, I, I miss like, I don't know what so to much. say. I don't, I don't, it's just weird, like, being in, in books, like, in those media scrums and asking him questions and then, like, talking about this type of shit. Like, I just don't. Do people actually ask about this in the media scrums? No, thankfully oh, not. No. God, good. I was like, that come on now. That'd be that, that's, that's reserved for TMZ on the side of the street when they're chasing you outside of a restaurant. I feel like media scrums, that's a little excessive. But also, like, Book knew what he was getting into. She's a very high-profile person. Like, she's yeah. not she's not the type of person to lay low and, and keep it, you know, quiet. Like, that's just, that's just how that family is. And uh, so, you know. Any any flack you get as a residual, it's almost like to be expected. So I know Booklet wasn't like caught off guard by all the attention by any means, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, they were a cute couple. They were a cute couple, and I was really rooting for them. You know, so I, I'm I'm a little sad for my guy Book. You know, it all it's all over. You know, and it's it's time to move on. I guess I, I don't I don't want to hear about the Kardashian curse though because like. They had the eight no bubble run and then went to the finals like when they first started dating. So if anything, like we need to get Kendall back. <laughs> like... But the but the curse it takes it takes a while to actually sink in. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel takes... like and then this year, right when the playoffs started, there was like ah, this is the time. Hamstring, baby fist bump. You're done. Bye. <laughs> I blame the baby more than I blame her. There. Let's yeah, be real here. That's yeah. when it really all went downhill. <sighs> I'm just saying. Also, I'm just saying, 
first and foremost, Kendall's technically not a Kardashian. And then secondly, don't blame women for men's failures. Oh, (laughs) are we going down this road? They can can take all the responsibility for their mistakes in life. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. I didn't realize we were going down that road. So I'm going to have a drink. I had to give you a little bit of grief. I have to drink myself out of this conversation. There you right go. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of drinks, we're going to do a little ad read roulette, but this one's going to be a little bit different today. So we're going to be reading for Four Peaks. And because we don't have our ad read roulette wheel with us, our producer extraordinaire, Shane Diefenbach, is going to pull names, or pull a name out of a hat and let us know who has to read what. Okay, so we know this isn't rigged. Girl. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. I thought you had already. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was like, that's the definition of rigged. <laughs> Lindsay. Okay. Oh, and there's, hold on before. There's nothing in the hat. Pick Saul. Wait, where was pick Saul. Saul. Okay. Pick Saul. Pick Saul. Okay. Come on, Shane. Don't let us down. Oh, <laughs> All right, Gerald. Here are your three choices today. You have car salesman. Oh. I don't even. The Joker. Ooh, that's a good oh, one. Oh God. And pick one of your or pick somebody at PHNX. Ooh. I'm excited for this one. I don't. Okay, like... while Gerald thinks about this. Oh, I don't get a Gerald. choice. I thought I was. No, you oh, get no. a choice. No, you don't. I'm picking it. Oh, you, oh, oh, now he okay. gets a choice. Pick someone at PHNX. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, t- I'm open to suggestion, guys. If you have, uh, any I mean, Saul's an easy one. one. Is well, he? Am I? Good luck, yeah. I don't know if Saul is an easy one. I'm, I'm was, very versatile in my voice. Espo, Espo, it's not the inflection. It's just Espo told me one time when we were talking about maybe putting that on the list of voices we had to do. If you do Saul, just drop 35 F bombs. Well, that's just true. That's just true. And then you're good to go. I've cleaned it up quite a bit in the last month. We're proud of you, Saul. Reformed man here. Um, I am. I, I feel like Espo's, I'm probably go ahead. I'm probably going to go with Espo's like sexy radio voice oh. that he does. Ooh, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. You okay. could slip in and out of Cookie Monster as well. You could add no, in I can't do the in there. Whoa, 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 whoa! You know what? First of all, watch your mouth when you talk about sexy Espo and slipping in and out of. Okay, oh, oh, come on. Uh, oh, I really don't want to be on the screen for this now. I'm going to. I'm going both, Shane. I'm going to veto that, Gerald, because you're you're not impersonating somebody. You're doing an impersonation of an impersonation. So I'm canceling that. You have to pick somebody and do their actual voice. voice. That's his voice, though. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh my god. I mean, he does do it a lot. This is a really. This is. Was there fine print on that piece of paper that you pulled out of a top hat? Because (laughs) there's a lot of articulations for this shit. Um. Okay, but we don't even have an ad, so I just have to talk about Four Peaks. Just yeah. talk about Four Peaks. Awesome and why yeah. they're yeah. awesome. Let's go, Gerald. I don't know how to do his normal voice. I know how to do his sexy radio voice. Then pick someone else. Like who? I'm open to suggestions here. I told you, Saul's easy. How about Emma? Emma's nice and quiet. She just always, oh, guys, can I? That is true. Emma's very quiet. <laughs> Emma's Emma's too sweet. I don't want to impersonate Emma. I'm gonna I'm gonna just do Espo. There okay. You go. I'm 
going to wind up doing the sexy radio voice. <laughs> just, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. All right. We make the rules, not shame. You do it. Go. <laughs> if you're in the mood for a nice cool beer on a refreshing day. <laughs> See, I can't even. Keep going, Gerald. You got this. You got Four this. Peaks Brewing is the place for you. We've oh, got yeah. Hot Knot IPAs. We've got Suns Brew, named after the Phoenix Suns, but they taste sweeter than a second-round exit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> some Arizona chicken rolls and tour the brewery, which is actually haunted for some reason. <laughs> we didn't see any ghosts, but I did knock Gerald's beer over during the photo shoot. <laughs> and I blamed it on the ghost anyway. Four Peaks Brewery, Peach Ale, delicious beers all around, great food, good for the whole family. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> so you're not like me. 21 and over. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so not for the whole family, just yes. some of it. Yeah. Must, well, I think your whole family can go to the brewery. Yes, just to enjoy can. the beer, you have to be 21 or older and yes. enjoy responsibly. Absolutely. Um, I really love how part of it was like the whole deep, quiet, like whisper sexy voice thing, but there were low-key like cookie monster vibes that came out yeah. of that as well. Yeah. I went with like with like movie trailer voice from like the 90s in a world without whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got another super chat and um, I'll let you guys decide how you feel you want to respond to this one from Rob. Rob, we appreciate the super chat, but Rob said, as usual, Delusional Suns fans, Booker is nothing but this Ares Wilkins. Just a scorer will never lead a team to a title. He's charming. What? Ooh. <laughs> Rob, uh, right? he's. I think that he's Charmin, right? Is that what he yeah. meant? Like he's yeah. soft? Charmin soft. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. First of all. Isn't uh, that what I said? Booker. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't hear the inflection. I didn't know if he said Charmin uh -huh. or Charmin. So um, first of all, Booker's not soft. He's just not like he's he, he tries. He's played. I would argue he's played through a hamstring injury the last two off uh, post seasons like and he's battled. Um, now, if the question is, could he ever be like a Steph Curry type of player and carry a franchise to a title? Well, that remains to be seen. Um, and I think you, you'd be a fool if you thought that he was a surefire guy to do that. Um, but you'd also be a fool to doubt him. Um, so, listen, I don't I don't I don't I'm not going to doubt. Devin Booker because I think his work ethic and his desire to be one of the all-time greats is up there and I think that sometimes when you get this bit of adversity that you have right now in front of you that you 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 understand what's what's there right and I think some guys they get to a championship and they have these drop-off years the next year they do but then they rebound the, the following year and I think you're going to see Devin Booker rebound um, this this upcoming season so I think the jury's still out there I know there's a lot of people that are disgruntled about Devin Booker and DA and this whole team, and deservedly so. But I'm not going to sit here and doubt him in any stretch of the imagination. And I and I'm and I'm kind of a Devin Booker, um, not not a apologist for sure, but um, I, I put a lot on his plate because I know there's a lot of people in the valley that think that Devin Booker is that dude. And if you're going to be that dude, then the standard is higher. And you have to live up to that standard. And that's what the standard that I hold him up to. And so when he falls short of that standard, it's not good enough. It's never good enough. You have to be up there. If you want to be up there, you have to be up there. Um, and so the standard is going to be higher for Devin Booker than anybody else on that team. Um, and deservedly so, because that's the way he wants it. Again, like if I, I hate that we continue to 
diminish what young talent in this league does. There's a learning curve to this. There is a process to winning a title. I think it would have been awesome if they could have pulled it off in their first season, their first playoff run. But sometimes that's just not realistic. And getting as far as they did two wins away from a title in his age 24 season is remarkable, especially when he's putting up numbers during that entire playoff run. And then his age 25 season, they come back and they're the best team in basketball until they fall apart. Like I I just, and you know, you can question whether he's going to get to Steph Curry levels or LeBron James or be a Giannis type player who can just take over a game. But keep in mind those three players that you're putting into that conversation are top 25 players of all time. Like they are going to be in that conversation. They're already there. So if book isn't a top 25 player of all time, that's okay. He just needs to be good enough to win a title one year. And he is, he's proven that he can be the best player on a title contending team. Now it's a matter of getting over that hump. And it's ridiculous to say that he's soft because he didn't come away with a title during his first two playoff runs. That's absurd. We got a super chat from Jordan that said, I paid one cent more than Rob just to offset that. Nonsense. <laughs> uh, appreciate we, appreciate, you, Jordan. we appreciate all the super chats. Thank yes, you we guys. Do. We do. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, we're going to round out the show with a little bit of fun on this Friday afternoon because what's a Friday without some fun. So mm-hmm. I've seen this conversation kind of circulating on social I mean, it's not anything new. It just kind of re-popped up into my feed. So I figured we would make our own. And it's a which squad are you choosing type of situation. So we Mm -hmm. came up with three different categories. We're going to do cartoons. We're going to do Suns teams. And then we're going to do kind of dynasty NBA teams. And y'all have to pick a squad and kind of uh, share your reasoning behind picking it. And then everyone listening, we are going to share these on social because we want to know what squad you would pick for each of these categories as well. And if you're here in the live chat, please let us know um, how you feel in the chat. So I think we should maybe start with cartoons and make this one a little easy. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we've got Thundercats, Recess, Rugrats, and Dexter's Lab. Oh, man. this is. I I just want to go on record that one of these does not belong. And Saul, I'll let you go ahead and get started with this. I'm sorry you have no taste. Thundercats (laughs) is the goat. Thundercats is the goat. Like, full disclaimer, and this, sorry, saw I'm going to throw a little bit of shade your way. Sure. You were like, Thundercats has to be on the list yesterday. And I was like, what the f- is Thundercats? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I don't even know what it is. But but the the other three cartoons that you guys named were just uh, after my time. So, like, I don't even, I've never watched an episode of any of those three. Okay, so then I can be persuaded. Tell me about Thundercats and why we should pick that one. I mean, it's a group of superheroes led by Lionel. Uh, who is uh, after uh, um, uh, Mumra, who is the evil lord who's always trying to to, to destroy things. So uh, they have this big-ass panther. <clears throat> Panthro, Panthro's like this versatile, kind of fix-it-all kind of guy, but he's like really bulky, and uh, he's just a dope character. He has nunchucks. They all had like a special weapon. So okay. Panthro had nunchucks. Uh, Lino had the sword. It was called the Sword of Omens. Give me sight beyond sight. Uh, and then he you would go like thunder, a lot about thunder, thunder. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the sword would go from small to big. Don't ask me why. Uh, and uh, <laughs> then uh, they had Chitara, who was who had like this big old like staff, and she would just fuck up dudes with that staff. Dude, it was a legendary, legendary cartoon. So okay, okay, okay. it was dope. Gerald, Lindsay, which, okay, oh. I'll uh, see. This one's tough because I did enjoy Recess. 
Recess love, is dope. It's great. And I did love Dexter's lab, be, although I was confused as to why he was the only person in the family that had an accent. Like, why, why did Dexter speak that way? So uh, how did he speak? He's like, Didi, what are you doing? Get out of my room. <laughs> Shane, we missed Shane. it. We should have Shane. missed you. Like Where's Shane? I was going to save that one. Um, also, Gerald just biting my bit off rip from yesterday. I brought well, this up let's... after the show. Go, Shane. My accent is better. My accent is way like... better. Didi, get out of my laboratory. <laughs> Gerald, stop biting my bit. I feel like that's a common takeaway from the show. <laughs> Why did he have an accent? <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! So, James which one you pick? It gunning for my job. I'm gonna go with Rugrats because that was what I liked to watch when I was younger. That was it was like the Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Angry Beavers era. So, I'm gonna go with Rugrats. I like that. That's not a bad one. I was really. I was feel like I had a toss up between Rugrats and Recess, but I'm gonna go with Recess just because I feel like that would be. Like there were ports, points in time where that was like the funnest part of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna go with recess on this. Who one. who is your favorite character? Spinelli, of course. Okay, good choice. There's no other option. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> All right, our next topic is Suns teams. Okay. So we've got the 2020-21 Suns, the 1992-93 Suns, the 2006-07 Suns, and the 2021-2022 Suns. Gerald, do you want to start with this one? All right. Let's just get started with controversy right off the bat. I'm still taking this year's Suns, and I know that's an insane pick. I I know it's an insane pick, all right? Like last year's Suns team makes more sense because they went to the finals. They got as close as any team has ever been to winning it all. But like in terms of the greatest Suns teams of all time, this year's team was it. Like there's a reason that all season long we were saying this is the team that's going to win a title and it makes the collapse that much more devastating. But again, we've talked about this before. I feel like part of being a Suns fan or someone who covers a team, you have to be have a little bit of masochism in you to do that. And that's the 2021-22 Suns to a T. I will defend this decision to my grave. I'm taking them. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) that's not my pick. Yeah, it's not even close to my pick. Uh, Lindsay, you want to go next, or you want me to? Um, sure. I'll, I'm going. I'm taking last year's squad. Last last year's squad. So 2020, 21 Suns team. I just think that was. I don't know. It was just there was something that was so special about it because it was one of those things where, for a lot of people, it kind of just came out of left field. Nobody had anticipated the Suns doing what they did during that season. It was more enjoyable I think because the expectations weren't there you didn't have like this nagging thing on the back of your neck where you were like god like it wasn't as tense you know what I mean it was just like wow this is so fun we're all on this ride together who'd have thought not us kind of a situation and I don't know I just that that was such a fun season as to be a fan to cover the team in all aspects I feel like that was and also on Suns Twitter, like that was peak Suns Twitter being just fun fans. You know what I mean? This year things got spicier because the expectations were there. So mm-hmm. that's my pick. Um, so I'm going <clears throat> opposite of both of you. 
Um, mm-hmm. First of all, I don't think you can even be in the discussion unless you get to the finals. So that takes out this year's Suns. Well, that's only three uh, teams. <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm just hey. I make the rules on my own my own shtick. All right. Um, uh, last year's Suns <clears throat> was close for me, but uh, I feel like the '92 '93 Suns. Uh, first of all, they were one literally one shot away from forcing a game seven against the GOAT. Um, and they arguably had the most dominant season from a, uh, one individual in Suns history um, in, by Charles Barkley. I mean, I've, I've, I've yet to see a, a player in a Suns uniform just absolutely take over a game the way, the way Charles Barkley could do in so many different ways. Uh, you look at game seven – uh, against the Seattle Sonics at home, and my guy drops like 42 and like 24 rebounds and just dominated that game. Like it, it was just such a special year. It, it very much mirrored what we had last year with the Suns and the feeling and the vibes across the valley. It was just, it was unreachable. It was just so mm-hmm. incredible. And you really thought that they were going to be close to winning a championship. But of course, they had to run into damn Michael Jordan of all players. Um, and so, so for me, it's, it's that team. And, and then, and then I also take it down. I'm like, okay, for matchup versus matchup, you know, who would win? And to me, I, I just don't feel like there's anybody on, on the Suns current roster that could have guarded Charles Barkley. And so, um, you know, I think Kevin Johnson and Chris Paul would have been such a fun ass matchup to watch. Um, you know, Dan Marley trying to guard Mikhail Bridges and vice versa would have been fun. Um, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Barkley team. Cause I just think that they're the greatest Suns team of all time. I mean, I don't think there's really a wrong answer in this particular one because all of these teams that are listed as an option have their own kind of specialness to them. So I'm not going to say that there's a wrong one, but a couple things in the chats. Uh, Vaughn said 07 was a team that introduced me to basketball, to being a Suns fan. And then uh, John said 2021 had magic. Kid said Bubble Suns was pretty good, too. I agree, but it was mostly just the bubble. The whole season wasn't exactly like. Yeah, no, they, were, they were below 500. It, that it too, wasn't so. ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh said 2021, more beloved team, but this year's team was better. So there you go. A couple different uh, options. I don't even know if the, I mean, the 2021 team was special. I don't know if they're the most beloved, though. I think in comparison, just from this year and last year, I think is what he was saying. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and the 06-07 team was the funnest. It was the funnest, you know, team to watch. Like it, it was just every night was exciting, right? <clears throat> the, the teams last year and this year, they were really, really good. They were fun to watch, but they did it in kind of a methodical kind of way, where they just kind of they picked you apart and they knew exactly how to out execute you. Whereas the the 0607 Suns were like, just grab the ball and fucking go. Like it was just run and gun to a T and change the NBA, to be honest with you. Like that's where the Warriors kind of derived from, right? And so um, that's the 0607 Suns gets a shout out for sure. Rick in the chat said we should have went with the worst Suns teams ever. We could do that at a uh, later time and try and uh, make our case as to why <laughs> why each of those teams had their own little unique special aspects it's, to them it's literally from 2011 to like 2018 that's all we'd be talking about like i mean it could be that a whole decade except for except for the 2013-14 suns shout out them because they were actually a winning team i think they were the second winningest team in nba history to miss the playoffs 48 that wins. was that was a fun team 
Fawn said, embrace the pain. Also, it could be a good exercise to just, you know, bring us down a notch as far as look where we came from. Let's be a little grateful for where we are now. It may not be the end goal where we want to be, but it could be a hell of a lot worse. So yes, yes. maybe that's something <laughs> we should do. All right. Let's round out with our last topic of choose your squad. So we kind of got NBA dynasties on this list. Mm -hmm. We have the 90s Bulls, the 2010s Warriors, the 80s Lakers, and the 60s Celtics. Saul, do you want to start? Okay, go ahead, Gerald. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I I feel like you put those in order for me, honestly. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm going 90s Bulls, winning six titles in eight years is absurd. Um, I know the Celtics won more, but, like, there were only however many – teams in the league at the time it was a much less talented talent pool in the nba at that time like i don't know if we'll see six titles in eight years again like we did from the bulls <clears throat> and michael jordan's the goat so I'm, I'm going with them i i think the i think the celtics won 11 out of 13 you right. uh, with with eight straight at one point which is just insane um and they had the first player coach in the nba i believe in bill russell Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty dope, but I agree with you, Gerald. I'm going to have to go with the 90s Bulls because they have the greatest player of all time. Six out of eight years, you had a guy who left to go play baseball and give everybody a two-year head start, came back, and still won three in a row. Like, yeah, you just and, – and it was basically two different teams uh, of, of, that, of that six, right? The first mm-hmm. three was not anything like the second three, um, but they were all bonded by – Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. So I, I think we'll never see something like that again. I think the the Bulls, hands down, that 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 dynasty was was the goat. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want it to be a complete sweep for the Bulls, but I absolutely agree with you guys. So in order to just pick something different, I'm going to go with 2010's Warriors, <clears throat> simply because I think that would have been like, had you been on that squad or in that building or whatever. I just feel like it would have been so much fun. And you also have like the digital age and everything. And that brings a completely different type of element to everything. And just being able to look back on the documentation of those times, like, yeah, we had really cool stuff from the nineties bulls. And we got to see that when the documentary kind of came out a couple of years ago, but I don't know. I just think the 2010s warriors would have been a hell of a lot of fun, but I still think you guys picked the, the correct answer in this one. I'm just trying to throw out a different option here. And I do think to your point about how electric it would have been to be in the building at Oracle, like I, I know a lot of people when they think of the fan base now, they think of like Silicon Valley, like tech bros and all this kind of stuff. But like Warriors fans deserve credit for being as rowdy as they were when that team started its ascension and for sticking around and still going to games when the team was terrible for like decades straight. Like, I I know a lot of people talk about Kings fans the same way, but, like, the Warriors were not, like, a bandwagon fan base for a long time. They were, like, diehard, loyal fans, and now it's kind of become diluted because they are really, really good. That's what happens, but they do deserve credit for sticking through a lot of bad seasons. And that happens with every team, though. I mean, we even saw this year we had conversations and we saw people online, you know, you get priced out, basically, and then people Mm -hmm. who have a lot of money are like, oh, this is – cool and trendy and will make me look good if I post this on social if I go. So let me snatch up all these tickets. You know what I mean? And and it's unfortunate, but it happens. 
And, and, and I don't know if that really happens to that degree in, in San Francisco of all places, because it costs like fucking $45 for a gallon of gas anyway. So you're probably already like, you know how much you're going to have to pay to go yeah. to a game. So the, the, the pricing couldn't have gotten any higher, I guess you could say. So those guys, those people that, that invested to go to those games, I don't know. I, I would love to see the, the analytics on how many of those people got priced out as the Warriors got better and better and better. Like, I would like to see that because that is one of the shames of what, what, what happened uh, even once we hit the playoffs last year and how many people got priced out um, mm-hmm. after, you know, a decade of supporting the Suns and, and being diehards and really losing the opportunity to see the payoff for that. And um, I, I, that, that, is a, that, that is something that's always bothered me about professional sports is, is once teams – really hit a, a heater then the tickets go up and it, it, why can't it just be like hey you're selling more tickets as opposed to hiking up the prices um to a level where the common man can't can't really afford them for a family of four because you don't want to go by yourself and you don't want to go with just one other person you want to take the whole family mm-hmm. like and that's that's how generations of sons fans get into this right exactly. like and so if it's always the same people who are just trying to show off to their their counterparts and be on, on social, um, but you're excluding that 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 local base that has been so rowdy for you for for a decade. Um, that's that's how you that's how you castrate a fan base, and that's I hope the Suns fix that. I really do. And that was something that we had talked about. I joined uh, the Phoenix Sports Podcast a couple months ago, and one of the topics that we had discussed was like if you were the commissioner of a league, what rules or things would you change or implement? And that was one thing that I had brought up is that if you start winning and you want to raise prices, I understand the desire to want to capitalize and make money off of a good product, but you have to have a percentage of seats that remain the same and are offered to people who can't afford to go to games anymore, but that have been there for a long time. Like there should be whatever percentage you want to call it, 15%, 25%, whatever it may be, but you need to offer lower price tickets to your fan base, especially the diehards who were showing up during 19 win seasons. Like, come on, my guy. Like if you're literally pricing out those people, then again, shame on you. Like it's Mm -hmm. just not cool. Yeah. All right. We got our final super chat of the day from Elon. They said, Elon here, Tatum, 100 turnovers in playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. I heard a pretty cool stat on 98.7 today. Hmm. Steph Curry, Steph Curry hit 91 threes in the course of the playoffs this year. His high is 98. Um, hmm. and that was tied by Clay the year after. I think uh 16, 17, and then 17, 18. Um in Suns history, what two players are tied with 54? Hmm. I'll give you a hint. Both of them went to the NBA Finals. Both of them went to the NBA Finals. Uh, what was the stat again? Most threes in a playoff uh, post in a, in a postseason. Dan Marley. Yep, he's one of them. Dan Marley. I don't think you're gonna get the second one though. I don't think so. It was from last year's team. From last year's team, uh, then that would probably be. It can't be book, and it can't be CP if we're not gonna get it. Right? Who? Was it Cam? No. Hmm. The other Cam? 
<laughs> Mikhail? I'm just kidding. Nope. Then was Is it, it book? book? Nope. It was Jay Crowder. Oh. Jay Crowder, really? Yeah, I would 54. not have guessed that. They both had 54. Yeah. I would not have guessed hello that. Hello got it in the chat. Yeah, Vaughn, hello. And Sly yeah. all got it. Good nice, job. Nicely done, Thanks. guys. Um, hey, Saul, did you get your, uh, did you ever re-up on your OGs? I did not. You, oh, man. What a disappointing weekend this is going to be for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, on Instacart, because I am home-ridden, uh, they don't have OGs, and I can't get it from a dispenser yet. So unless somebody wants to do a, a drop-off package situation, eh, 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 <laughs> uh, I can't get it, so. Well, that's a bummer for you, Saul, but don't worry. You'll be out of isolation here shortly, and you'll be able to re-up on your OGs. And when you do, this is the cool thing, they just launched their first ever limited edition <coughs> seasonal flavor, Pina Colada. It's a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend that's just in like time for summer road trips or pool parties. Now, this is an event that, Saul, I know you're not going to miss. OGs is taking over Maya Day Club in Scottsdale this month on June 25th. PHNX is going to be out there. So you guys should come join us as well. There was Gerald and all his girthiness will be out oh there. God. Let's go, Gerald. Oh, Let's no. go, Gerald. So there was somebody in the chat that was like, uh, "Who? what bets are we putting on who's going to get like embarrassingly drunk over at the OGs pool party? Oh, who, who would that be if we had to put um, bets down on which person will be a, a little embarrassed after their actions? Who would that it, be? It won't be Gerald. No, it won't be Shane because Shane is low key, very controlled in those situations, ironically, which I don't like. PHNX Sports in the chat said Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's probably the betting favorite. I would Poor say. Johnny. Really, Johnny. Oh, See, yeah. I, I listen. He's away from the kids. He's away from the That's wife. True. He's he out in Scottsdale by the pool. Like, hey, I'm gonna load my guy up. Let's go. I was I was gonna go Totri because he's smaller. So I feel like the booze is gonna hit him faster. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> see, the funny thing about Sean, Shane, and Totri is they're they're low key kind of reserved. Uh-huh. Like they they they'll they'll be loud and they'll have fun. But if you notice, they don't drink. An atrocious amount. That's because they're that. that's because they're right outside of their college years. Like they're within a year or two <clears throat> of graduating college, so they went hard pretty recently. You you kind of have to take a little bit of a hiatus to be able to start going hard again. I feel like. Don't worry, we're going to Vegas for the summer league, and wow. Shane is going to get fucked up. I promise you that. <laughs> I believe that. Um, he's on. Guys- I know he's on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's over at his ASU show. Oh, okay. Um, if you guys want to check out OGs, go to ogsbrands.com or you can hit them up on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. But just a reminder, you have to be 21 or older to purchase. And I was going to say Emma, but Emma's not old enough to go to the day club. Yeah, <laughs> Emma can't go. Emma cannot partake in, in half of our our fun things that we have to offer over here, poor thing. She'll get there eventually, though. Mm-hmm. It just happens. That's how it goes. Um, hopefully, none of you guys are in isolation. If you are, we hope you feel better soon. And we also want to make sure none of you guys wind up in any sort of health and safety protocols. So make sure you're staying safe and healthy this summer. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. <laughs> Any final thoughts, you guys? 
I hope I test negative here soon because this sucks. <laughs> we all hope you do too. I took yes. one yesterday. I feel fine. I feel I have no symptoms. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. still testing positive, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. I know. That's, it's not fun. Oh, I do have a quick update for everyone listening. So last Friday, we did do a, a snake draft. I completely forgot about this, and I don't oh, yeah. know how. Yeah. So last Friday, we did do a snake draft of the best board games. Unfortunately... I made an alliance with Gerald who decided to just completely <laughs> sink our ship. And Gerald and I bet Saul and Espo that our percentages would beat their percentages. But unfortunately, we I, did not. I do have something for prevail. you, Lens. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> did you literally just draw that right now? You didn't hear him <laughs> scribbling frantically on the plane. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Oh yeah, I definitely took that out. As much as I'd like to blame it on Gerald, we were both we were both to blame on that one. Yeah. Um, which means I think we're going to have to do either the tortilla challenge or the sprite challenge. Mm-hmm. One of the two. We kind of are up in the air on it. We might do both. Who knows? We'll probably yeah. end up doing both. Let's be honest. But we want to wait until Espo is able to join us again and we're all back in the office because it's going to be far more enjoyable in that type of a setting than yeah. this type of a setting. So stay tuned. Hopefully later next week we'll be able to have that for you guys. Um, I don't know. This this will be interesting, but that's a show you guys are probably not going to want to miss <laughs> for being honest. Sure. Also next week uh, we will start to unveil a lot of NBA draft content. Um, now our big board, uh, some prospect profiles, um, and then all leading up to the draft, which is next Thursday. So join us at 445 p.m. as we uh, launch a nice four or five hour endeavor uh hopefully there'll be some suns news within that mix but if not uh we will make some suns news out of that mix because uh every draft pick affects us somehow some way right and then on top of that we have special guests i know we have casey jacobson in the full Corey williams from espn um and then we also have one other one i'm forgetting um that was confirmed as well today so um, uh, steven hunter that's right steven hunter um, and then we got a couple more that we're working on as well. So hopefully we'll hear from them soon, but, uh, it should be a fun night and it's a very sun centric NBA draft show. So we will give you the picks live as they happen and rock and roll from there. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun. So plan to come hang out with us. Um, if you can join us for the whole thing, great. If you can just pop in and out throughout the four or five hours that we're live, we understand that as well. Um, but put it in your calendar and come hang out with us. We hope you guys have a really solid weekend. We'll be back on Monday at 2 p.m. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindseySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. Gerald, you're up, right? <laughs> My, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just remember, have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's it. That's terrible. You put me on the spot. I'm always put on the spot. (laughs) Just remember, kids, if you want to win, don't pick Gerald. That's bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could say, just remember, if you scrub your Instagram, people are gonna talk about it. There you go. Ahoy hoy.